man, God's here. He's here for you. He's here for us. And so let's go ahead and pray again together this morning. Father God, I want to thank you for your goodness and your grace. God, I thank you that none of us can earn a place in the place of blessing. God, that none of us are good enough. None of us are here on our own merits or because we've done this or that. But we thank you that we can gather together. We can worship you. We can have connection with you through all that Jesus Christ has done. And so here again today, we want to lift the name of Jesus. We want to be in that place of blessing, that place of strength, that place where your love and your grace flows to us as we receive and accept all that Jesus Christ has done. And so as we come to your word today, through the name of Jesus, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us, that Holy Spirit, you would take whatever words are spoken, you would take the almighty word of God and you would make it come alive to each and every one of us, where we're at in this journey, God, we need you. And so, Lord, I thank you for your strength flowing today. God, I thank you for faith flowing today in your mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. We're going to get right in. We're going to be reading from one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and it's going to come up on the screen uh, behind me. We're going to read from Hebrews 12, 1, 2, 3, verses 1 to 3. If you have a Bible, you can feel free to open it. If you do so on your smart device, you can do that. Otherwise, you can read along here. And uh, here we go. It starts off with, therefore. Now, therefore is a conclusion that is based on a preceding argument. The therefore here at the start of verse 12 relates back to chapter 12, relates back to chapter 11. In chapter 11 of Hebrews, we see this incredible role of the heroes of faith, men and women of God who have stepped out and done things for God. Now, what I love is that these heroes of faith were not perfect. These heroes of faith stumbled, but got back up again. They fell, but got back up again. And that is our mission as well. You're never going to be the perfect Christian here. You can't be. But our deal is that we fall, we get back up again, and we keep walking where God is calling us to. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, the imagery here, the picture is of a giant stadium that is filled with men and women of God who have lived through the centuries. And we are now, you and I, each of us, we are running our race around this stadium. And it's like these men and women of God are cheering us on saying, come on, when we were alive, we ran our race and now it is your turn. And cheering us on, say, come on, you guys can do it. Take a hold of the baton and run, baby, run. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, consider Jesus, who endured such sinful opposition, so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. A little while ago, I was at the gym back in Perth, and I was on the treadmill. And so I've got the treadmill set pretty high and so I'm going for my little run on the treadmill and nice air conditioning. Man, you're so thankful for air conditioning here in Mumbai as well. And so I'm running on the treadmill. I'm going pretty quick and so I'm feeling all right. I'm like, yeah, it's good. I'm kind of healthy and I'm 
running and I'm going pretty quick and feeling pretty good. And then next to me, on the treadmill next to me, there comes this lady. This lady hops onto the treadmill. I'm sure she had a look at the number that I was running, whatever that number said. And she programmed in double the number. And so she, and she, she's just like powering along with a little lady run and, and she's powering. And, and so I'm looking over going, I felt really good about what I was doing, but oh, I don't feel so good. I had nothing but lovely thoughts. And she's making me look lame. And so I just dial up my number a bit. Oh, come on. Come on, I'm a real man. And she's just like, it's, it's like she's on snow skis or something. She's, she's just gliding on the treadmill. And so I am now starting to wheeze, you know, the, as, but I'm not stopping, baby. I'm, anyway, she is just powering. I'm sure I could hear her thoughts looking over at me going, you are so slow, loser. And I, she just gets off the treadmill. She's not even sweating. She's not even puffing. She walks over to the chin-up bar. Now, I'm, I'm running, and I actually was watching, because I don't think she was a woman. I think she was a demon. And she gets off the machine. She goes over to the chin-up bar. Here's the thing. Thankfully, I do not have to run anybody else's race. You do not have to run anybody else's race race you just have to run your race your race matters the call of god on your life matters not on the person next to you it matters for them your your deal is not to copy them we don't want a whole church where we're cloning ryan and rachel they are incredible they have to live their call you have to live yours to run your race the race that is marked out for you and there is a particular race that God has created for you. And what a glorious day as we continue to find that race, what that looks like, and we step into that place. Ephesians 2.10 is a passage of Scripture that I love and pray over and declare to my kids, for you are God's workmanship. You are God's custom-made work of art created in Christ Jesus with good things prepared in advance for you to do. You and I are God's custom-made work of art. How could we look in a mirror and see something else in the mirror other than how the creator of all things defines us? And other people have tried to define us in different ways. Circumstances have tried to define us in different ways. But when we look at that mirror, we should see what the creator of all things sees. His custom-made work of art, worthy of being in the greatest galleries of heaven. And when we get an idea of who we are in Him, when that security goes from an idea, from a concept, when that security we can find in our God becomes a living, breathing reality in our mind, in our heart, then when we have that revelation, there is no room for insecurity because the Creator of all things has given me the almighty tick of approval. So when we see ourselves, when we think of our future, let us see the tick of approval from the creator of all things. Our point number one today is to run like my race matters. Run like my race matters. Your race matters. You matter. God has an incredible specific plan for each and every one of us. And let us, each and every one of you here today, Run 
like your race matters. It matters. You know, there is, there is a specific call upon this church. And as I was spending time with God this morning, kind of clarity came around this. And, and the word I have for you is influence. And if you're part of this church, that seems very obvious and very natural in what you would understand God is doing here. And this word influence is for you as a church and for you as individuals. And Hari, can you come and join me for a sec, buddy? Hari, come down. Come down, man. Awesome. Can we give it up for Hari? Yeah. Okay. So just help me. So can you say your name? Hari. 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 Is that how am I doing? Hari. Is it okay? Yeah, okay. So just stand there. Okay, so just, just stay there. <laughs> get you, get used to it, brother. So, Hardy, God, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I've never gone to prophesy over someone and seen them put chapstick on, and. Uh, this is a first. No, no, it's, dude. Dude, I love it. I love it. You got to be you. God has handpicked you to be on a pedestal. And so that's why I just want you to get used to being in front of people. Doesn't necessarily mean you have a microphone. Often, the person with the microphone, uh, that can mean a lot of things. But, you know, and, and we got the pleasure of going and setting, uh, sitting on one of the sets yesterday uh, in that really cool deal that you're a part of producing. And, and God has handpicked you, brother, handpicked you to be on a pedestal and a pedestal of influence. And so what I'm going to share with you now was when, so I used to run a business before I came onto our church staff and I had a revelation praying one morning that changed my business. And I believe God wants to share it with you. And and the way you carry yourself now has worked to this point, but there is an extra strength that God is putting on the inside because there is much more weight for you to carry, and so there is much more strength that he is pouring in. And so I was, I was walking around in my, in my living room early one morning, and can I encourage you that one of the best things you can do is to develop a pattern of prayer and find when it works for you and go there. I would not be here today if I had not built this habit that if we're going to be called to a position of influence, it can only be sustained by our personal walk with Christ. Otherwise, it gets loose in terms of its kingdom connection and it becomes for our glory or our whatever. But you're not going to find that because this is going to be embedded in something of God. But I was walking around in my living room and I was praying the Lord's Prayer. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, you're awesome. God, I worship you. God, you're so cool. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And as I'm praying your kingdom come, I've just got a whole lot of thoughts running through my head. Your will be done. What does this mean? How does God's kingdom come? How does his will be done on planet earth right here and now? And God moves on planet earth today through his people and his spirit. Jesus Christ has come and done his part. He said, it's better for me to go that I can now leave you here, leave us here, filled with the Holy Spirit to do the work of God. And so his kingdom comes through us, that we are his ambassadors. 
and your kingdom come. The kingdom of God is the sphere of his influence. It's the place where he rules and he reigns and nothing can come against that. And so as I'm walking, I started to see myself, the sphere of God's influence, his kingdom, like this bubble around me, this sphere that goes below and above and and where I walk. And I was walking into some business endeavors that were intimidating. I'm having to make phone calls that freaked me out and I'd put off making the phone call because I didn't want to make the phone call. And, And so now I started to see myself with this sphere of influence, kingdom of heaven, surrounding me that I am an invincible because the king of all kings has called me to this and he has called you to what you are doing. And so when you walk, I want, I want this godly confidence to continue to rise in you. You have a beautiful, humble spirit. You have just this beautiful heart, this love of Christ that just, man, so, so beautiful. And with that now, there is a weaving together the love of Christ and the strength of the kingdom of heaven. And so it is like unshakable steel on the inside, but not a steel that becomes hard or bullheaded, but it's got the love of Christ so beautifully woven in. And so when you go into these settings, when you, and you've got some huge dreams, that you will know that the kingdom of heaven, you are a carrier of the kingdom of heaven, that there is this man, the sphere of God's influence goes where you go, that you walk into a set, And the kingdom of heaven goes with you. You are a portable carrier of the kingdom of heaven. And so it goes where you go. There is strength that goes where you go. And things are going to change because you are there. And so can we all pray for this incredible, incredible guy? Lord, I thank you for your presence. For Hari. Lord, I thank you that at least you can pronounce his name right, even if I can't. And God, we are thanking you for strength from heaven today that there is a shift in terms of the confidence on the inside that this man of God will rise and rise again and rise and rise again. And even though I I see there are times where your foot is taken from you and you're down on your knee and it's like there's a stumble where it didn't quite work out right, but you will rise and you will continue. And every time you stumble, you will get up again and you are walking through corridors of power. You are walking into a place of influence. And so God, I thank you for the strength to sustain Lord, and we thank you for your kingdom power alive in this man of God. Bless him. Pour in everything he needs. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, brother. Yeah, awesome. We can do that too. If, uh, can you just... If what I just prayed for Hari, if that resonates for you about walking into places of power, about carrying the kingdom of heaven, can you just stand to your feet? If you're like, yeah, I want that. This God's doing something like that in my world. So just stand. You don't have to. It's totally cool. Awesome. Dude, this is scary. Okay, now you guys are going to reach out your hands and pray for me. <laughs> Let me pray for you first. Awesome. Can you, can you just, just where you stand, if you just want to close your eyes and close your eyes if you're comfortable, if you can just open your hands like cups before God, cups that He can fill, like you're creating a vessel for Him to fill. Now, I have no power. This isn't, if you're kind of new to Christianity, I'm no guru. 
I'm just someone who is just desperate for God to come and do things on planet Earth. And so he has the power. So set your focus on him. Don't worry about what I say, do or don't do. Just connect with God now. And Lord, I thank you that you have a call that goes out to the people in this house. That in this house, there is and there will be those who rise in influence. But not just rise in influence, those who are strong in you. That the influence will not corrupt. The influence will not cause steps to be taken to the left or to the right. But God, that there is a clarity, there is a unified focus, there is a fixing our eyes upon Jesus Christ. And God, in you and through you, the impossible becomes possible. And so God, we thank you for a church that is rising and rising and rising. God, I thank you for the significance of the shift to this new building. And God, over this next year, we thank you, oh God, for the miracles that are about to explode. Lord, that for a church, we are entering a whole new day. And God, we want to declare it over these individuals as well. A day of favor. Kingdom power of heaven. So just where you stand, I want you to see what I mentioned before. You know, it starts with worship. It starts with Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You are incredible. I worship you. I honor you. And that is our starting point. And then from that platform, there comes the kingdom power of heaven, his strength, his power. God, fill your people again today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. God bless you. You can grab your chair. Hey, what, what time do we... I got to get moving. Okay, we might get through two of these five points. So I'm going to pick the best ones, okay? They're all good. Now we're going to fly. Okay, so here we go. We're going we're gonna to keep moving. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles because your race matters. We have choices to make about throwing off things that can hinder. And there are things that can come into our world that can hinder. There is sin that can entangle. And so my question to you today, is there something in your world that is hindering you living your life in the way that God is calling you to? Is there a habit that is hindering? Is there a sin that is entangling and it's time to let go? Is there something that is keeping you trapped? And today it's time to let go. Today it's time to let go of that thing. Point number two for us today is to choose what is good above what feels good. To make a choice to choose what is good above what feels good. And I can tell you, chocolate pudding with beautiful, luscious, thick chocolate sauce, creamy vanilla ice cream. Man, it, it tastes good. It feels good. But if I just ate that 24-7, man, that is not good. You know what feels good? If it feels good but it isn't good, eventually we see the unhealthy result. And we can fool ourselves for a certain amount of time, but eventually we see the unhealthy result. By nature, I am 
this is an admission, okay? So I'm just confessing publicly right now. By nature, I am very selfish. Does anyone want to join me? <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> by nature, but I'm on a journey of overcoming that day by day, step by step, through all that Jesus Christ has done to liberate me from that. And, you know, being selfish can feel good at times. Do what I want to do. Go where I want to go. I'm going to feed what I want to feed. And when I was younger, I used unhealthy relationships to things that would feel good, but weren't necessarily good. Use a whole lot of different substances to try and feed something on the inside, trying to do what feels good. But you know, eventually we see the unhealthy result. And so we each have a choice that if we are going to run this race that God has marked us to, there are going to be things that are going to hinder and there is going to be sin that entangles. That is our mission to defeat. Christ has paid the price for your victory. And then we get on board with this victory and see it come alive in our heart and in our world. And so is there something that's holding you back today? You know, when I was uh, about 20 years old, or 1996, how old was I then? Yeah, 20, 1996, I, I joined the Australian Army and I became a rifleman and we learned to throw a grenade. And now throwing a grenade is important because if you just drop a grenade, <laughs> bad things can happen. And so you must take a grenade, you must treat a grenade with respect. And so you hold the grenade in your throwing hand. This is a very important start. Hold it in your throwing hand. You get the pin with this finger here, and I won't wave it around because it could look rude. And so you, you grab a hold of the pin, and now with a slight twisting, pulling motion, you remove the pin. And now with your throwing hand again, you make sure you do not throw the pin and drop the grenade, as one guy did in our training course. And it's okay, you have a beefcake instructor with you standing there and so he you've got these big concrete walls and he threw them over the concrete wall and himself too exploded he got in a little bit of trouble and so pull the pin out and now you throw your grenade okay very important it seems quite simple but it's really important you throw that grenade grenades are dangerous you don't play with them we don't mash potatoes with grenades we don't play a game of cricket and go hey kids come on get the bat i've got the grenade here we go. You throw grenades and get rid of them. This is what sin is like. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Man, you've got to throw that thing. And if there is something that keeps coming back and, just, and you can't seem to shake it off and the sin, this, this hindrance, it keeps getting me, then you make a decision. I'm going to keep throwing this thing quite liberating maybe have a go you might smack the person next to you throw you got to throw that thing we come before God and say God forgive me I messed up again and in that moment you receive his grace oh God I need your strength help me and then the next day you find yourself playing cricket with the grenade again Oh, God, man, I messed up again. Let us never think that we've messed up too much, that his grace runs out, that his love runs out. It never does. But let us continue to come before him, receive his grace. We need to choose what is good above what feels good. 
Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. Run with perseverance. You know, here's four very quick thoughts about perseverance. Perseverance doesn't start until pain does. If we don't have any pain, we're not persevering yet. So perseverance doesn't start until pain does. Secondly, pain is not necessarily the signal to stop. I've had the pleasure the crazy weird pleasure of being in the birthing suite with my wife as she's given birth three times. When the pain starts, that's not the signal to stop, unfortunately. <laughs> you got to push through that thing because you're in the middle of birthing something incredible. And man, can I just give it up to all the mums in the room? My goodness. Much respect. But when we are in that moment of pain, again, something is being birthed and there are times in our spiritual journey where we are persevering, where we are in pain and we have to remember again, we are birthing the miraculous. We're working with God to birth heaven's heartbeat here in earth's reality. And so just because there is pain, it's not a signal to stop. Thirdly, perseverance is not a gift. It's a choice. It's not a quick download. Hey God, can I just have the... The perseverance gift, like just the perseverance pill. No, no, it's a choice. We make a choice, and that's where it's so important to have each other, where we can cheer each other on when you cannot be bothered anymore that there is someone else next to you who cheers you on. And fourthly here, it's easier to persevere when we know why it matters. And so point three is to see the future to empower the now. If we see the future, we see why it matters. If we see what God's called us to, you have a glimpse of His heartbeat for you, about why He has woven the unique skill set into you that He has, about the place He is calling you to. And as we continue to get a glimpse of that, then it empowers our perseverance in the now. If we don't know where we're walking, then it's so easy to sit down because I can't be bothered anymore. But when we can see where we're going and together as a church, as you guys can see where you're going, that impact you're going to have over this city and for you as an individual to grab a hold of that and can I encourage you if you don't know where your life is headed if there isn't a picture of what the future looks like talk to Ryan and Rach say hey what do you think God is calling me to do what are the next steps in my journey and then in terms of your church connection one of the most fruitful places you can be is to go to your pastor and say hey how can I help there is incredible blessing. That's how Steve and I have lived our lives. Now I have the pleasure of, of leading our church, but up until that point, my heartbeat was Pastor John, who was my senior pastor for 20 years. How can I help? What do you need? What can I do? And that is a powerful place of blessing for you to live. We're going to keep moving. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. My goodness. There's like, it's probably a, there's more than a whole year's worth of preaching. Right here, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. You know, what was the joy that was set before Jesus Christ that would cause him to go to the cross? He chose to go to the cross because of this joy that was set before him. What is that joy? That joy is you. It's mental. That joy that would cause him to go to the cross, that joy is you running your race. That joy is you knowing his love and living in that place. You are his 
joy. And right there, this thought can totally change your life. Jesus Christ, when he looks at me, he is filled with joy. He looks at you. He is overflowing with joy. And point four today is to feed on his joy. To feed on his joy. Let that fill your heart. Let that overflow in your soul. Feed on his joy. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And it finishes by saying, Consider Him who endured such sinful opposition so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. So what is this saying? If we actually grow weary or lose heart, what are we not doing? If we grow weary or lose heart, we are not fixing our eyes upon Jesus. And so if you ever grow weary in this Christian journey, let that be an instant trigger. My eyes are somewhere else other than Jesus Christ. If we ever start to lose heart and go, you know, this is hard, man. Some of those hindrances are looking real good right now. This is, man, is this, is this worth? When we ever reach that place, when we start to lose heart, Word of God tells us here, what we've done is we've taken our eyes off Jesus Christ. This works when He is our focus. This works when His heart is alive inside of our heart. And so let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so today, are your eyes fixed upon Jesus? As our eyes are fixed upon Jesus, they're not upon the other things that are vying for our attention. Hello. Look at me. Not the insecurity that's trying to, hey, come over here. I told you you were going to screw it up. I told you you're not good enough. They're not at the temptation that's over here and, and saying, hey. My wife loves that dance. Just, uh, <laughs> eyes out. I certainly don't want to be over there. My eyes are on Jesus, the author and perfecter of the faith. He perfects me. He's the one that fills me with power. And so today, can we be a people whose eyes are upon Jesus Christ? Eyes fixed upon Jesus Christ. Point one, I've got to believe that my race matters. Point number two, choose what is good above what feels good. Point three, see the future to empower the now. Point four was to feed on His joy. And point five is to fix my eyes on Jesus Christ. Not my ability, not my inability, not what looks good over here, not what's going to feel good over here, but on what is good and what He is calling me to. Not on this or that, but upon Jesus Christ. Because as our eyes are fixed upon Jesus, hope rises in your soul. As your eyes are fixed upon Jesus, freedom comes into your life. As your eyes are fixed upon Jesus, the thing that used to call to the left or to the right becomes deaf in your ears because the call of heaven is heard with fresh clarity. As your eyes are fixed upon Jesus, your efforts now become empowered with a supernatural unction. As our eyes are fixed upon Jesus, what was impossible becomes possible. As our eyes are fixed upon Jesus, we walk not with normal feet, 
but man with a supernatural step as our eyes are fixed upon Jesus, the city of Mumbai. See the risen Savior rise. As together your eyes are fixed upon Jesus, the name of Jesus gets lifted high and high in this city. This church goes from a place of influence to another place of influence. Your life takes care of itself. When your eyes are fixed upon Jesus. Can we close our eyes here together this morning? Just now, right in this moment, I, you know, I, I know many of you here, but I, I don't know everybody here. And just where you sit, just I want you not to think about the person to your left or to your right. I want you to just ask yourself a question in your soul right now. Are my eyes fixed on Jesus? Is it just where you sit? Just be really honest with yourself. You know, is Jesus Christ really my God? At 19 years of age, I was a young kid doing what I wanted to do, kind of living the easy road, had these lovely dreadies and not that there's anything wrong with dreadies. Was finding relationships and sub substances to kind of fill this hurt in my heart. And there was a pastor that I knew. His name was George. And he took me out in his car and he, you can just, do you want to just open your eyes just for a sec? And George looked into my eyes. I was 19. I, I knew about God. Growing up in a Christian family, I, I knew, knew all about what Jesus had done for me, but I wanted to do what felt good. That was kind of cooler, I thought. George looked into my eyes that day and said, Jace, if you died right now, you'd be going to hell. Just lovely pastoral advice. Just could feel the love. I don't recommend we use those words with people we know necessarily are. I certainly don't recommend we're flippant with things like that, but he knew that's what I needed to hear right then. And you can trust, if you're a Christian here, that as you reach out to those around you, that God can give you words. So we go with a heart of faith to give you words that can help unlock someone's heart in a moment. But as George spoke those words to me, I was convicted by God. And I ended this relationship that needed to end. I didn't go do the stuff that I was planning for the weekend that could have actually ended my life. And instead, I was rescued in a week before that weekend. I was going to make the worst choice of my life. And if you're here and you are distant from God, you know, there are moments where our choices matter for eternity. And I made a choice at 19 that has set me on a course for the last 20 years where, man, I, I love my Savior. I need my Savior. As I've served Him, dreams I had in my heart have supernaturally come to pass, and certainly there are more. But I, I want each and every one of you, I don't want anyone to leave here today. If you're not sure where you are in your walk with God, if there is a disconnect between you and Him, then change that today. This morning, make that choice. And can you go ahead and just close your eyes again, just for this last moment. And I want you to make a decision in your heart now that if that... If that's you and, and 
He's saying, yeah, I feel disconnected from Jesus Christ. Really, I've been my own God or I've had these multiple other ideas. And, and today I want to say, Jesus Christ, I give you my life. And as you make that decision, what we do is we hand over our past, all the junk, all the mess, all the striving, all the whatever, and we lay it before Him. And He comes in a moment and brings forgiveness. He comes in a moment and wipes the slate clean. And then so much more than that, He gives us a hope for the future that is found in Him. As we turn to Him and walk in His direction, everything changes. So we're going to pray a prayer together out loud. And if you've done this before and you want to do it again to give your life to Christ, then I want you to say this prayer out loud. If you're here and you feel disconnected from God and you've never prayed a prayer like this before, I want you to say these words out loud. If you're here and you're just struggling today, if you're going to be really honest, and it's a bit like a yo-yo, yeah, I'm in, but then I'm out. I want you to pray this prayer today with faith in your heart and let your Savior again go to work at shaping you into that person you know He's called you to be. And so can we go ahead and repeat these words out loud after me, praying this to God. Father God, I thank You for Jesus, for His perfect life, for His death on the cross in my place. I hand my life to You today. All of my sin, all of my struggles, I lay it before You. I choose in this moment to say, I will follow You. I receive in this moment Your grace, Your forgiveness, Your heart of love. And as I step into the future, I do so with your strength, with your power, with your heart alive on the inside of me. I say today, I am set free to be a follower of Jesus Christ. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Can you go ahead and just open your eyes where you sit? Hey, can I encourage you, if you made this decision this morning for the first time or for a time where you know you are stepping back into a connection with God, that things have got messy, but hey, I'm coming home, that if that was you, can I encourage you to please come and see Ryan or Rachel or myself after the service. What, what is so important as we realize that praying this prayer isn't like an injection that solves life, life's problems. It's not like an inoculation where all of a sudden, boom, I prayed this prayer and now I can just go and do my own thing and everything's going to be perfect. What it is, is it's opening the doorway for relationship with the God of all things. It's opening the doorway for a connection with Jesus Christ that then you can walk this journey. But walking this journey is not just a solo deal. This is a group deal.